here. Oh, man, I, I thought you really were throwing a tiny dig at me at, by mentioning the time after my uh, snafu oh. <laughs> last week, so I apologize. No. <laughs> it's 1.20. I'm here. I am here. <laughs> uh, yes, I do have whiplash, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know what? I, we, we talked about this a couple times, and it, it's so funny. Uh, this is the sixth season I've covered this team, and it, it's the, the start of the year had me kind of harkening back to my first year when they fired Todd McClellan, and then a couple months later fired Peter Shirelli. Of course, that those, especially the latter name and the latter scenario, kind of uh, are like nails on a chalkboard to Oilers fans, and because that, that's not what the team was supposed to be, right? And uh, now, like the team is, uh, you know, is whipping down the Henday with no traffic here, and it's. It's uh, it's a kind of a wonderful experience uh, versus how things were going the other way early on. Um, it, it, the team couldn't be going in, in a complete, you know, in a more opposite direction. And uh, the way that they should have been going all year, quite frankly, um, with the expectations on this team, with the way that they had been growing the last couple of seasons. And um, it, it took, I guess, you know, a few lousy games as part of a, a overall 12, uh, a bad record over 12 games um, to kind of um, uh, get things going in the right direction. And it's funny, Glenn Gullitson did the, did the uh, press conference yesterday uh, giving um, uh, Chris Knobloch, uh, you know, a break. And and uh, he was saying that I, I think that there were some um, lingering effects still from last season early on. Um in terms of thinking too much about last season, about um, last season still, still kind of uh, uh, kind of playing in their minds a little bit how things ended, and uh, I think they've turned the page now and, and have moved on to what uh, how they want to play and, and how they want to uh, uh, you know win games this season. It's uh, in your article that you wrote about the the uh, franchise record tenth straight win. It's it's the quotes are are basically acknowledging. Uh, the year, but also very positive and for good reason. And when I watch them, they just the defensively the structure looks good. The outlets seem to be better. Um, have you noticed like what changed with the coaching staff that allows? Is it just attitude, or did they do specific things to to move the puck out that have worked under the new regime? Well, in terms of specifics, I mean we we talked a bit about Paul Coffey being such a um, you know, positive influence on, on this defense. Uh, you know, I wrote a lot about, um, a bigger piece rather, uh, before the holiday break about Evan Bouchard and just how he's really turned the corner. I mean, the offensive side of the game is always there, um, but that risk reward factor, uh, in terms of taking risk out of this game, um, for, you know, what could be a small reward, um, you know, has been pretty drastic and, and it's been apparent rather, um, in, in Bouchard's game under Paul Coffey. And, um, obviously, Bouchard's the guy that can move the puck. He's tremendous at it, one of the best puck movers in the league. But he's really instilled that confidence, and I think a lot of the players going right down to, you know, the number six defenseman, Vincent DeHarnay, who, who's, um, you know, you know the, the best aspect of his game, I wouldn't say is puck movement, right? So mm. um, um, when it comes to uh, that side of things for sure, uh, they've also obviously put uh, a greater emphasis on um, defending on, off the rush. I think they're, uh, you know, the, the data out there is that they are, you know, their defending uh, has gone to one of the better teams in the league from from one of the worst. 
uh, early on in the season under Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. So those are a couple of things. Obviously, the penalty kill, um, I believe it's third in the league uh, since Knobloch and Paul Coffey and, and Mark Stewart now running the penalty kill, uh, you know, taking control of that. Uh, it was right at the bottom or a couple of spots from the bottom um, under under. Um, Manson and Woodcroft. So those are the, I mean, the areas you can really point to. I, I mean, when a team does well, it, it kind of bleeds throughout the lineup. And I think there's a lot of guys that are, you know, their shoulders are, you know, a little higher and, and there's a lot more confidence in this group and they're rightly so than there was early in the season. And it's, it's really started to, um, um, kind of show itself in the last little while here yeah i i've always felt that you know we spent a lot of time in the minutia about about outlets and specific and and zone and 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 man-to-man in a lot of ways i think it's just i think it's confidence and and executing the play and i do think matthias ekholm helps evan bouchard evan bouchard helps matthias ekholm too but that that trade for me uh, if they win the Stanley Cup, that's going to be a big part of Ken Holland's legacy, making that trade for Matthias Ekholm. Do you agree? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, I think the Zach Hyman signing uh, has worked out better. It's, it's, it's Holland's best move. But getting Matthias Ekholm is not far away from that. I mean, he's been a godsend for this team. And, um, yeah, I, I think the pairing of Bouchard and Ekholm is, is the perfect pairing. I mean, uh, and Ekholm's no slouch offensively too. Like he can move. He's on your second power play. He can move, move the puck. He likes to join the rush, uh, but he is a pretty steadying factor. And I, I mean, I talked to Ekholm really early in the season, um, and he feels as a one-on-one defender, he, like he's very confident in his abilities. He feels like he's one of the better one-on-one defenders in the league. And to to kind of pair that up with Evan Bouchard, who's um, uh, you know, a tremendous puck mover, a, a you know, a great young player uh, with the offensive capabilities that have been apparent since he was, you know, early in his teenage years, if you, you talk to people around him then. Uh, they're the perfect pair, and I, I have a lot of time for Darnell Nurse. Uh, I think he's done very well. Uh, if they could find another guy, I, I mean, I, I really i am starting to like this defense, and um, yeah, I, I've been pretty critical of, of Ken Holland, I think, maybe one of the more critical people of him, um, you know, in the last couple of years anyway. And, you know, there's some misses for sure. You look at the Jack Campbell signing. It's a huge albatross around this team. Um, I, everyone knows my feelings about the, the Duncan Keith acquisition and the, and the, and the, you know, the cost of it. Um, you know, he's going to have some misses. But those two moves, uh, Hyman uh, is the one I referenced and, um, and Echo, the one you referenced, Al, uh, I, those are by far his best moves, and, and moves that have um, really uh, paid dividends for this for this team. Um, those are two of your best. I don't know, five, six, seven players, and to get those guys, uh, Hyman's that way outperformed his contract, and really, you know, they gave up a first. Um, they gave up a, a prospect who was a first in uh, Reed Schaefer. Uh, Tyson Berry was the cost of doing business. They gave up stuff to get Matthias Ekholm. It was a, yeah. it was a high cost. Uh, but, but um, you know, with the, the term on that deal and, and his age being younger than Duncan Keith, I, I think that the acquisition cost was more than fine. And Echo's been a, a, a tremendous player for this team. Do you um, – I have seen a couple of times uh, T-shirts that say, what do you want, what, what do you want me to get them for free? Have you seen that? 
I wish. Can you get one for me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, for Christmas. I, I, for that, sure. uh, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, I saw. Do I, I get, did, do I get? Do I get any residuals from that? <laughs> well, that you know, you should get royalties. I mean, you know, um, trade deadline. I wonder, I was looking at the Leafs, and they have uh, the first round pick this year, but then they have nothing in the next two rounds. The second round's gone. All of next year's first and second round are gone. The Oilers have first and second this year. Um, they don't have a lot else. D- do you think if they're going to trade that first round pick, they have to get something back that has a player back that has term because a, a rental for the first round pick leaves them a little bit barren here in terms of, of assets that they have moving forward? I mean, ideally, they, I see what you're saying. Uh, the, the only problem, as I see it, is, is the you know the cap and how 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 tight they are, how how challenged they are. Um, the the thing that that kind of happened with the Ekholm trade was they got rid of a guy in Tyson Berry who made a lot of money, not as much as Ekholm, but also had term on his deal too. So they were taking that that money off of next year's cap. Um, I always come back to these three names, uh, not advocating for trading necessarily any one of them, but um, guys that have some money that have uh, and um, have our ways to to open up cap room, and that'll be Warren Fogle, who is up this year for 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 the record, like he doesn't have any more term on his deal. But Cody CC is another, and um, uh, the other one is is Brett Kulak. You could throw a fourth in there, and that's Jack Campbell. But we've talked about this, and I know you've written about it. I, I'm sure I have. It's kind of melt. My brain's kind of a mush. I'm sure I've mentioned it anyway. But the the cost to get rid of Jack Campbell would, would be astronomical. Um, so that kind of plays into it too. But it, it kind of depends who that player is. And uh, if you're going to get rid of a first, yeah, you want to have a guy with with term, ideally like Matthias Ekholm. Um, but if that player makes too much. Um, especially as we all know, Connor Brown's contract um, eating up a lot of those cap. Um, uh, you know, the, the with the cap going up, it, it basically it's going to eat up a, a vast majority of, of what the Oilers would have for the, for that that increase. That's tough. Um, it kind of depends. There's a lot of moving parts. Can they move Jack Campbell? Um, um, you know, things of, of that nature. But yeah, to, to the short answer is, uh, and I've been long-winded on this, uh, ideally you'd want to get a guy with term, but it might not be able to to be there for the Oilers given um, kind of the cap ramifications yeah. uh, for this hockey club. Yeah, I think that's fair. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from The Athletic on Sports 1440 and the Lowdown with Low Tide. Uh, Ryan McLeod lined up yesterday uh, on the wing on the third line with Ryan and Yanmark, I believe, and then Kane with Leon Dreisaitl. Do you think that's uh, uh, temporary, or do you see Kane staying up and maybe McLeod playing the wing on the third line? Yeah, you know what? I don't think it was asked. I, I uh, yeah, it wasn't asked uh, this morning of of Chris Malbach. That was probably a, you know an error on everyone's fault, or part rather that we didn't. Uh, there's an optional skate today. McLeod skated. Evander Kane did not, I believe. So we don't know the exact answer. I would imagine given that they won in Montreal and, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of offense from the Oilers in that game, um, at least in, in terms of goals, um, that Evander King will probably stay there. Um, I think he's a guy, I know, you know, seeing on, on Twitter or social media anyway, that fans are kind of getting on, on Evander King a little bit, and, and rightly so. I mean, he's, he's gone a while now with, with not doing a whole lot. Um, it's, it's the classic, you know, cart before the horse. Uh, chicken egg like that that type of thing where 
you know, do you need to put a Vander Kane up to get him going, or does he have to show you something before you put him up? And obviously he had that chance in Montreal uh, because of Ryan McLeod being ill. I think you probably are best suited to leave him there for, for, for now to see if he can get going. Uh, let McLeod come back from his illness and uh, and uh, on a, a line with, um, you know, uh, you know some not as much ice time or whatever, uh, and, and see how you want to go from there. I mean, logically, for this team, down the stretch and into the playoffs, Evander Kane is going to be in your top six, creating havoc, uh, being a royal pain in the you-know-what, and uh, and probably scoring goals like he did the playoffs before last. Uh, and Ryan McLeod, you know, you ask him, you ask people around the team, like he's best suited to be a center, and obviously that's not going to come in the top six. So I think eventually you, you kind of go back to the status quo, uh, you know, before mid-December. Um but this team is winning and has or has been winning rather, and uh, doing so with Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle in top six and uh, you, Chris Novak's the coach that's been low to to break up a winning lineup. But uh, he had to do it on Saturday, so that gives him uh, reason to kind of stick with it, I believe. Final question for you: Whenever the Maple Leafs are in town, uh, it it feels like I know it's not a home game, but you see a lot more Maple Leafs jerseys. You hear the crowd noise, and it's pretty loud for Toronto. And I know people who sell their their they have season tickets and they sell their Maple Leafs tickets for for a massive like you know upsell. So I get it and I understand it. But do you notice it like when you're watching the game? Do you notice how many Maple Leafs jerseys and fans there are compared to you know say Columbus? All you need to do is go to warm up, and it's it's really apparent. Yeah, um, that in Montreal. Montreal is another you know two teams to come once a year. And to your point, out uh, people know that that they can sell those tickets for, for a lot of money. Um, still a lot of like older people that are, um, um, that are, that are fans of these, uh, you know, classic original six type teams. You know, there are lots of Bruins fans and, and Chicago and, and, and other fans around here, but, you know, being in Canada, Toronto and Montreal really stand out when they come to town. Um, it's a good thing. I mean, it, it's, it's, it makes you, you get alternating chance between, you know, goal Leafs and let's go Oilers and all that. And, um, but yeah, you notice it more, or I have noticed it more, um, with Leafs and Canadians fans than even, um, Calgary Flames fans. Yeah. Uh, that surprised me, uh, you know, being re- relatively new here or newer here. Um, but I mean, obviously I'm not talking about the playoff series where that was a completely different animal, but, uh, during the regular season, um, you know, it's, uh, there's, I think it's, it's the, um, scenario where the, the Leafs and Canadians only come here once a year and, and people that are fans of those teams have that date marked on their calendar from, from June onward when the schedule comes out and, and really try to make a, a point to get to that game. It sounds like you're blaming old people for this, Daniel. I mean, that's what I heard. I am not. I, uh, I am not. I have, I have elderly... Oh gosh, I shouldn't even say that. But my parents are uh, a little bit older as well, and uh, you know they still talk about getting getting those Jello uh, hockey cards and, <laughs> and collecting stuff like that. Uh, uh, you can be whatever fan you want to be at whatever age you want to be. I have no. It doesn't bother me at all. Don't well, put words in my mouth. Alex. Well, that was you. You recovered beautifully, sir. <laughs> I'm waiting for that T-shirt. I, 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 you gotta at least send me a picture of this. Huh? I will. Well, I, I, I saw one. I don't know, maybe like a couple of months ago in the mall. But I'll, I'll, I might just buy you one for Christmas. I mean, you know, I, it's it, you know my budget I have doesn't to wait till Christmas. <laughs> yeah, well, oh gosh. budgets budgets are tight. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it.